0: Season 2 of the Pat and JT Podcast. Oh my,
1: now
0: So we have, uh, you know, you always have that couple of, like, loud friends that, you know, if you invite invite them over to the apartment late at night, you're going to have to apologize to the neighbors in advance. (laughs) Uh, Nick Baugh is one of them. Yeah. Pat Stibbs, box officer, is another one of them. Did (laughs) he say
2: white cloud friends? What did you say? No, loud. Loud. Loud friends. Oh, I thought you said white cloud. Apparently deaf. Loud and deaf deaf. friends. (laughs) I'm sorry, what did you say? (laughs) That's
3: why they're so loud. They can't hear themselves think, let alone talk. Oh, my God. (laughs) You can't have Nick... And Stibbs in the same room.
0: No, they would scream each other. They'd just explode. The room would just Listen, explode. Listen, if I want to get
2: insulted, I'll go to lunch with my wife, okay? I don't need this crap right now. See,
3: and we like you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so- oh, so you guys call it lunch now. <laughs> and that other voice, <laughs> Randy J. Goodwin, how are you doing? I'm doing awesome.
3: <laughs> nice to have you back.
1: Well, good to be back. Yes. To see you guys. And the
0: last time you guys were here, we were talking about uh, a movie, Pat, The Call, that you had written. 20 some years ago? 21 years ago. And it was finally in the process of being made or had just wrapped or
2: something. <laughs> I, well, you know what I'm trying Or, or to it
0: wasn't being made or got canceled or they said no. I don't remember. No, one, <laughs> one of those <laughs>
2: things. We were here, the last time we were here, I think we were talking about Randy's film, The Job. We were, yeah. We were, and, but then, so would this have been right oh. before COVID? Yeah, it was right before COVID. So they had yeah, just, yeah, yeah. we had mm-hmm. just shot the film, or I should say they shot the film in LA. And, uh, so nothing, and then I think COVID hit at that time, and so the studios shut down, but they were able to really work from home for about three months, the director, the editor, and the composer. And then when they went back to the studios in, in was it June, Randy, that they opened back up, the studios,
1: uh, and they completed it? They opened up June 12th for about two weeks and then shut back down. Okay. Wow.
2: So they were able to basically sneak in, I think, and mm-hmm. get it done. So it is done, and it's coming out Friday, and it's – Oh, my God. And it's your own. It's, it's yours. Yeah, and it's a long journey. And this guy here, Randy J. Goodwin, uh, the, we go back so many years. And I'll let Randy tell the story because, you know, like you said, I talk too much and I'm <laughs> loud. No, I didn't say too much. So, I said you're just loud. Oh, it is it loud? <laughs> just a little loud. Should, I, little loud. should, I, should I talk off mic? <laughs> just a little loud. It but matter. it's good. It's
0: good. <laughs> then we know you're here.
2: So... I. Meant, I <laughs> Ironically enough, I met Randy, I believe, on your guys' show, if I'm not mistaken. Did we talk about that? Uh, I think that sounds familiar. Around that time? Maybe. Early 2000s? Yeah. I don't know,
1: because it, it, uh, I don't think the show was going on right after the Civil War. <laughs> that's when we had... You're yeah, right. It two feels
3: people, like that's when we started, though. Right? You're two right. people
0: standing on a picnic table having
2: a conversation? Yes. It's the morning show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember Marconi being their first guest. It was interesting. The radio was invented and it was a lot to talk about.
3: First thing we need is a morning show. <laughs>
2: <laughs> By the way, Marconi got cut loose from his radio job a year oh, after he shuckings. after he uh, already budget ouch. cuts back. Budget you know cuts what? back then. He must it. have
3: had our contract. <laughs> but I invented the radio.
0: Sorry,
2: you're gone. Get
0: out.
3: We don't need you anymore. <laughs>
0: you know. So you guys so okay, so you met on our show?
1: I, know, oh, I mm-hmm. wasn't it? Wasn't it the Pat and JT show? I think I'm really positive. 2000s. It might have been. It okay. might have yeah. been. I just remember I was in town doing press for the, uh, the Natalie Cole story. Yeah. The yeah. Natalie yeah. Cole story. And yeah, it was, you guys. Yeah, it, was. Right. it was.
3: That's right. I remember that. Mm-hmm. It was. Yeah, it was. And,
1: that's crazy. And there was a segment. Uh, he came down and did the box office. Yes. Yeah, Was that it? And you know. <laughs> And it was really funny. And afterwards, he goes, dude, I went to prep too. I was like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Oh, you know, when, we'll win. Hey. And it was like 10 years but ahead of me. Eight years, something like that? Something like that. Yeah. 14, 18. Yeah. Something. And he told me that he was like the biggest girl fan of my work. And yeah. uh, that, uh, he, says that to he thought I was though. extremely handsome. Yeah. Well, and that don't. kind of freaked me
2: out. I, I was told he played Natalie Cole's husband in that movie. He turned out he played Natalie Cole. So I was, He's I was excited. He's that good. I you mean, know, good looking guy. And, you know,
1: Hollywood does that to you. He is that you good. Know, they, uh, That's amazing. push you to uh, stuff. That's anyway. Awesome. Anyway. No, so he, he, he asked me to read the script, and uh, I read it on the plane on the way back to L.A., and then I read it again and got back to him the next week, and I said, man, I really like this. Uh, <laughs> and he goes, good, because I want you to play the role of Chris. And I went, but okay, Chris is the, like the lead of the four. He goes, yeah. And I go, do you remember meeting me? And he goes, yeah. And I go, y- so you know I'm black, right? Because remember, in 2000, the black dude died first. Always, Always. yeah, that's right. Always, that's just a given, yeah. right? But Chris yeah. lives, it's and he not only lives, he's the guy. So he said he wanted to be. Uh, mm-hmm. Stip said he wanted to be the first one to get uh, a horror movie out there where the black dude doesn't just live, but is like. The guy.
3: So another reason why his movie would never get made.
1: Right back then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why know. it took so long. <laughs> that's this guy's crazy. <laughs> but,
3: but, that's but, not the formula, dude. <laughs> you know
2: what? And that's an interesting story because obviously now you know we talk about Hollywood and diversity and, and how it's getting better, but back in back in those times. <laughs> oh, sorry. Back in those times, <laughs> I remember one of the guys that had optioned the the script told me because I I had told this guy I said hey you know I got this guy I want him to play the lead Randy Goodwin. He says, you know, he goes, uh, it's going to be awful tough to have an African-American actor as the lead. And I'm like, why? He said, because, first of all, Japan and, and, uh, and, and, and the Asian countries, they don't want it.
3: I didn't. That they never didn't even, want I it. Which turns out I, to
1: be false. I never yeah, heard that. That was Which a lie. False. Yeah. That okay. is a Hollywood lie. I've heard wow. that
3: said since. I've heard that said since. And I'm like, I, what is that? What are you saying? What mm-hmm. are you trying to imply? Yeah. Um, and that's not the truth. No.
2: Not the truth at all. And, so and it's it is this Hollywood. It is Hollywood. And mm-hmm. it is true because I think there was even later on one of the Scream movies had, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh or not Scream, what, what were the what were the parody films um, called? Uh, the the ones that yeah. the guys from Air one of the guys from Airplane yes. uh did anyway, the parody films of Scream, I'll Google whatever it. they were called. <laughs> but in, in, in the opening scene, I believe it's Kevin Hart that plays the black dude and they're like Kevin, or whatever his name is, go check this out. He's like, no, man,
1: I'm, I'm going to die.
2: no, don't send the black dude. Don't. And they're parodying that exact thing. Exactly. It was and called I'm, Scary Movie. Scary Movie, yeah. yes, thank, yes, you, yes. thank you, thank yes. you. Dumb it down. So they're. <laughs> okay. So they're, here they are doing a parody of this myth, which turned out to be, like Randy said, it wasn't true at
1: all. It was just a myth. a myth, it myth was a and myth. it was a little bit of racism, I'd say, going yeah. Oh, on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, wow. so. Very interesting story. My manager before, uh, Gina, had called me up. His cousin was uh, one of the big wigs at the studios, and he was able to sit in on one of the meetings that they have yearly that brings all the studio heads together. And he called me up and he goes, Dude, I believed you, but I didn't actually really believe it until I sat in a room and heard it. These execs from NBC, ABC, Fox, uh, Universal, Paramount, Warner Brothers, they get together and determine which black dudes are going to be the ones that they work that. that work this year. Okay,
3: my conspiracy. Okay, my conspiracy theory um, um, podcast that I listened to. One of them is with a guy named Sam Tripoli, and I talk about him all the time because I learned so much stuff on this. He brings up this mm-hmm. and was talking about this. He says he says it 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 is unbelievable the way this you have the Denzel Washington years, mm-hmm. and then you'll have um, oh I can't say his name now uh, Isaiah Washington mm-hmm. then. He's out, and you got the Will it. Smith years. And then you had and the Will Smith years. You have a specific that's black dude. one. That's crazy. One, and I'm time. like, what? And then I think yeah. about it. Damn, that's true. Yeah. And is that still going on? It's, or oh, yeah, is and, it? And you oh, think yeah. at the time, you think, well, he's just really hot right now. He's mm-hmm. just smoking. He's got a great agent.
1: Nope. Nope. Wow. He was
3: picked, and then Isaiah Washington coming back right now because he's got that new uh, cooking show, and it's uh, it's out called. I can't remember what it's called. It's like talking that he has with friends, and it's on uh, Fox Nation. Mm-hmm. And it's like, really? sir- and he does a cooking show where he goes and buys food, goes to some friend's house, and a very diverse cast of characters that he um, talked to, and they sit down, they make dinner, and they just talk about politics. They talk oh, about issues. Be kidding me. It-
1: this was just pitched for me to do. We are literally pitching that show. Get out! Really? I kid you not. But it's with, you know, Google like
3: if you get a chance, but it's on Fox Nation. Nobody oh, my goodness. Nobody's right. It's, yeah. It's, it's a membership
1: service. So there's yeah. nothing new under, under the pitching. sun, man. You yeah. just yeah. got to get yours out there first. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Or make it better. Or make it better. Yeah. Or not be black. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Or that.
0: laughs> I mean, that, that trumps everything.
3: Oh, my God. But yeah, it was it was what crazy. A terrible.
0: What a terrible thing. I mean, what a I know it's just overall just an awful thing. It's a no brainer. But to know and to hear it in a room and actually see it with your own eyes. What a disgusting thing. Yeah, yeah. They really well, look at, And you worked so hard your entire life to yeah. think that there's a group of people in a room the that can squash in. you down after everything you've done
1: in your oh, life. It, it's unbelievable, it, man. The funniest part is how he he broke down what their parameters were. This year we're going to go with the darker skin, bald, goatee, black guy. Mm-hmm. So you you saw a lot. Uh, some years you see a lot of Tay Diggs. Yeah, Morris Chestnut. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys that are darker skinned with the go- Kevin Hart. Mm-hmm. You know, that so they, they yeah. keep it in that realm. Mm-hmm. It's funny. And then they go, oh let's let's do the lighter skin guys like uh, Randy and Shamar Moore and Christoph St. John this year kind of thing. But, yeah. 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 unbelievable.
3: just <laughs> blows my mind because yeah, what's really sad trip. is, you know, I recognize every one of those names because you remember that's that 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 time because they were just absolutely we, we talked yesterday, everything's a spell mm-hmm. um, and that they they decide what they're going to push out to you. And you are going to consume it.
1: Yes, because um, they know better than everyone else what everyone else wants to see. But
3: if you aren't aware that that's what's going on, you just assume this must be the next big thing. Yeah, this this must mm-hmm.
1: be. Well, and you
2: know, and like I said, thankfully with the, the the diversity happening in Hollywood. In fact, the reason the call finally got made is I told people I was black. So now that you. that's that actually got the script. You <laughs> that's know exactly wow. what happened. Good. And then I just send in Randy's photo if they want a photo <laughs> and. Uh, so that finally got made. Thank so there's God. no video in here, is no, there? Not no, you. no, no, okay. because because I'm on the right. If there's video, hey, there's I better video. I better
1: not see a picture of
2: me with Patrick Stibb's name under Actually,
3: that's hilarious. Hey, we went that's to the same funny. school, man.
1: That
2: is funny. Anyway, so back then, I, I get, when Randy called me, he's he, and he said, "Man, he goes, I want to I want to get this movie made, help getting made." He goes, "I'm just not in a position right now to do this." He "But he said it's someday." Someday we will get this thing made. And then, you know, over the years, I mean, obviously Randy and I have kept in touch over the years, became friends, and, and different companies would option this thing. Couldn't raise the money. The option would expire. Uh, I mean, one time we actually had Patricia Neal, uh, Academy Award winner, yeah. attached to this thing to play uh, the, the main character. But, you know, as popular as she was, I, and I use the term was yeah. because when she signed on, she was pretty much retired. Everyone knew her, but she didn't have the Hollywood pull to get the thing rocking and rolling. Right.
3: She had the name recognition with the public. Right. But didn't have the power or the leverage. Yeah. So
2: thanks to said. Randy, and yeah. he mentioned Gina. So maybe you can tell the story of how this thing got to the incredible Lynn Shea. Well,
1: I'll, um, share, I'll share some more things that, that happened. While, because, you know, Patrick's here in Omaha, and I'm in L.A., so he would call up periodically, uh, any movement? We got any movement? Did we get it? Did, did we think about this person, that person? So Gina and I were always pushing this thing. Um, she was the executive producer of Just Shoot Me, if you remember that show. Mm-hmm. So Funny she job. had huh. cast members from that show take a look at it. Um, I called, uh, uh, my buddy, Bart Johnson, who plays coach Bolton and all the high school musical movies and other things. His sister-in-law is, is Blake lively. We called them cause they have production companies. He doesn't know all this stuff, right. but he's knowing it now. Mm-hmm. This, we just kept trying to get it to whoever mm-hmm. that who could help get it made. And finally, uh, Lynn Shay and I are friends, but we're also both, uh, in Gina's stable. She's our manager. And Patrick one day was talking, we were just talking, and he mentioned Lynn Shea, and I was like, well, we, actually she is considered. We went back and forth, and then finally Lynn read it. Uh, we sat down at the Four Seasons Hotel, and she said, I really like it, but I hate horror. <laughs> <laughs> this is Lynn Shea. The horror queen of This Hollywood. is the horror queen. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> this insidious, she's, she's like, I, I, I'm not a fan of horror. But this is what blew her back up yeah. after all these years. You right, know? right. And uh, we, uh, we, we had more conversations. Then Patrick was able to talk to her. And she shared with him what she would like to see different. And then he started working on, on the rewrites. Um, she got it to Timothy Woodward, who they had just done the Final Wish a year prior. And Timothy liked it. He liked it a lot. And he's with uh, uh, a company that has produced his last... 17. Set a, set films. a dime. Yeah. Yeah. So when they saw it, everybody just kind of fell in love with it. And they brought in Jeffrey Reddick, who is the creator of the and the writer of the uh, Final Destination right. series of I movies. Okay.
2: Who's an amazing guy. Jeffrey Reddick is absolutely
1: amazing. And he has the nicest eyes. <laughs> really? Jeffrey Reddick, he's going to like that if he hears <laughs> this. You have the nice nice gray eyes. See, a black dude like my complexion with gray eyes. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. That's like, it? my cousin has those, and I, I used to look at him and go, I I hate you. Really? Yeah. Gray eyes, huh? gray eye, yeah. pretty boy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I
0: didn't know
2: But that. But, but so, just think, so, so here's Lynn, who, you know, has this incredible body of work. I mean, if you look up her credits, I think she's got something like 200 credits. I mean, she's just amazing. So before she became the uh, – somebody one time referred to her as the Betty White of horror because she's just <laughs> like this – that's what they yeah. – and, and she just has this incredible horror – movie fan base you wouldn't believe it it's crazy and but she's also a great comedian because one of my favorite films where i first saw lynn well two movies one a movie called kingpin if you remember that she was the landlady trying to trade the sex for rent who was hilarious hilarious. in that and then she was in there's something about mary where she played the next door neighbor that was all wrinkly and and i forgot about that and she was amazing in in that movie so her comedic skills were amazing and then all of a sudden she does this about face i think it was right around the time the first maybe the first insidious movie came out i don't know if she Mm -hmm. had done horror before that and then those insidious movies just exploded Mm -hmm. and they are so popular i think they've done five of them yeah and I, it, so all of a sudden, she became like the, the uh, Scream Queen of Hollywood. Yeah, and hating
0: so, horror the whole time, which and, is and, crazy.
2: Well, and, and when she first called me, very, very nice lady, but very, very blunt. She's like, listen, she goes, you know, because her character was uh, in the original drafts was rumored to be a witch. You know, these kids that are tormenting this elderly woman. We haven't even talked about what the movie really is about yet. No, we really have. Yeah. And and uh, but she just said she kind of wanted the character to be more sympathetic. She wanted, she wanted to take out a lot of the supernatural stuff. She goes, you know, I've been there, done that. I just want something different. And and so we had a very good. I think it was a two-hour conversation about what she wanted out of this character. Mm-hmm. And I'm writing notes going. Oh boy. Okay, I got some work ahead of me to, to get this thing That's going. interesting because
3: yeah. you you think about it. it's kind of like the the band that doesn't like to play the song that brought them to the dance. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, dude, but you do it so well. I Nobody know. else can do that uh, song. Yeah. You know, but they're like, I don't want to do that song anymore. I, I want to do a different song. Exactly. And you're like, "Oh god. Yeah. Okay, what do you want to do?" So you did have to do a little rewriting? A,
2: a lot of rewriting yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and again to, to make it where both Lynn liked it and Timothy liked it. And uh, so, yeah. So it, it, uh, they. Again, I think the it's from the time I first met Lynn. Maybe, it, maybe it was a two year or a year and a half process. I can't remember. Time kind of has gone by. But uh, let's wow. just say that once Lynn got involved, things really started to rock and roll. That's on crazy.
3: Thing. Let me go back just one second. Yeah. When you first wrote this. Mm-hmm. What year was that?
2: Nin- I first wrote it. The first draft was 1999, <laughs> but I began it in 1998. Okay. What happened was is, and if we, I can tell you a little bit about this the, this movie, but let me tell yeah. you how the origin of how it all came about. So Good. I used to read these. They called them like Hollywood Confidential or they were these like Pulp Hollywood magazines. They were sort of the National Enquirer of the 40s and 50s. Okay,
3: I'm going to stop you for one second. Yeah. Have you Do you follow anybody on Twitter?
2: No, I do not. There's an
3: entertainment lawyer is what his handle is. ENT Lawyer.
2: ENT Lawyer. He's
3: in Hollywood, and he drops nuggets all the time. Really? About things that are going on, scandals that are going on, people that are involved in some things that are kind of shady. Um, And then when it finally gets to a point, he'll reveal who it was. Really? It's fast. And he has a podcast.
2: ENT Lawyer. ENT Lawyer is what he's
3: under on Twitter. And and he has a website where he, he writes a blog really some of this stuff nice but it's along the same kind of lines because it's like it's like the inquirer yeah because it feeds that that part yep. of my brain yep
2: <laughs> <laughs> although and so you know again picture picture a national inquirer and set in the 40s yeah. and that's what these magazines were so yeah. i'm reading i'm reading and i used to collect these i'd find these things at antique shops and i'd always buy them i just loved them so one issue i'm reading and it was, i don't know if it was an obituary section or if it was like the news of the weird section that mm-hmm. you know these things had. So there was this actress. She was a B-movie actress, and, you know, God forbid, I don't even remember her name, sadly. But she was a B-movie actress who was also a very good practical joker. And she loved to play pranks on her friends, um, yeah, Hollywood friends or just, you know, regular neighbors. So when she died, uh, they the people went to her wake. And when they arrived at the wake, everyone got a business card. And on this card, it said... Board, like Bored? Like B O R E D? Question mark. Call me, and there was a telephone number on the ca- on the card. <laughs> so everyone got one of these when they walked into the funeral home. It didn't so, have a
3: name. Did it say no name. No name no nope. Name. Nope. Just so that's knew all it said. It was. Nope.
2: Nobody knew what it was. They're just like, what the heck? Yeah. So everyone goes into the funeral home, and they go up to the casket. There's her body laying in the casket, and there's a telephone sitting on top of her chest. That's
3: pretty funny.
2: <laughs> and so. <laughs> Uh, the family announced that she was being buried with this telephone, and if anybody would like to give her a call, feel free. So it was meant to be, I think, a ha ha kind of a last little prank. I took it different. I'm like, holy moly, there's a movie idea in there somewhere. I don't know what, or where did. So I remember ripping off, ripping the thing out of the page, and I just stuck it <laughs> in the drawer. And every now and because I kept envisioning, like, say, 200 people going home that night. And dialing that number. Or
3: wanting to, right? No, I, think they, at it going, I think they
2: called oh, it. I, I think, think did, everyone yeah. went home and called the number. So I'm thinking, did the number just ring and nothing happened? Was it just a dead number? You know, nothing. There were no answering machines back then, so I doubt if right. there was an answer. Or was it her? Was she, <laughs> in other words, was she playing a prank? Yeah. Was her own death a prank? Right. And so they go home. And wouldn't that, now I never got to know the outcome because I, I had this obscure issue And uh, the Internet had just come along in the 90s, so it wasn't like I could really Google a ton of it. So anyway, that's how the idea came about. And then uh, it was just a year later, I met a gentleman who had come to town. I covered a press conference when I was at Sweet 98 and uh, met this guy who wanted to put together a production thing, which never materialized, but he's the one that said, hey, I like that idea. You should really get a script written if we're going to pitch this. And that's how I started. And I'd never written a script before, even though I'd written, you know, tons of radio and TV spots. I've never done a script. Whole different thing. Whole different thing. And uh, so that's how it started from that germ of an idea. (laughs) That's that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. And so, again, the gist of the movie is this elderly woman, Edith Cranston, she's terrorized by these four uh, teenagers and uh, who play jokes on her because they feel she's responsible for the murder of the sister of one of the four. And so, um, a particular prank goes too far and she, so things happen to where her husband calls the kids to the house and say, okay, if you all make this phone call to her grave, we've buried her with a telephone. You make the call, you get a hundred grand, well, you know, and, uh, you each have to go up to the hallway, call her. Obviously they do that and things don't go as planned. Let's just put it. That way. So that's the general, that's the general it. gist of the story, which Again, based off that article that I read, you know, all yeah. those years ago, isn't that crazy?
0: That is crazy how a little, tiny little seed can grow into something exactly. Albeit, you know, twenty years later. Twenty years later. Um, into into a movie. Into a movie. Yeah, hard to believe. And yeah, that's, uh,
1: that's how seeds work.
0: That's they grow. <laughs> they grow bigger. Is <laughs> that <And>, uh, <laughs> a word? But water sometimes on it over time. <laughs>
2: that's a, that's a... But sometimes you get wrong advice. Like Randy wanted the lead to be Rodney Allen Rippy, and I refused <laughs> to have. I just didn't think
1: he fit. What are you talking about, Patrick? <laughs> I wanted it to no, be... No, that's Gary Coleman. Yes, that's, that's who good, I wanted, Gary Coleman. Gary Coleman. <laughs> 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 Wait, oh, oh okay. God. Now, this is funny. Okay? We talked about... Where the did Rodney <laughs> Allen Rippey come from? Exactly. That just popped in my head. No that's idea. racist. I gotta... So, anyway... <laughs> I have to Google that,
2: because I really don't even... <laughs> you don't know who Rodney Allen Rippey Do is? I? Oh, my god! The gosh. name doesn't sound familiar to me no. either. Yeah. Uh, Rodney
1: Allen Rippey is as big as... as What's his name? Uh, Dino Mike. Uh, Jimmy Walker. Yes. JJ Walker. I know
3: exactly who that is.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, now I do. He was the Jimmy Walker of those, that
2: day. Yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, not to get off track, but I do have an excellent JJ Walker story, <laughs> a Jimmy Walker story. Was, anyway.
3: it, was it Omaha related? Yeah. Awesome. Jimmy because, Walker. yeah.
2: Do you remember he used to go do radio shows yeah. all, mm-hmm. all around the country? There
3: was, was it like it was in the 90s, right? When in the happened? 90s. Yeah. In the 90s, that was kind of like a thing. The 80s and 90s, is that it seemed like somebody who made a headline or who. Uh, it was, it was not doing what they had been doing before. And they, they would get a morning show or they would get <laughs> yeah. uh, a show somewhere. Cause I remember, uh, the bakers, Tammy Faye Baker. Yeah. What was the secretary's name?
2: Uh, that brought him down, oh, brought him down. That brought him down. Yeah. Uh, uh, literally. <clears throat> yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> oh my God. What, what was her name? What
3: Ouch. was her name? Uh, it was Tammy Faye and Jim Baker. And then it was, I, I, I can't remember. Very name. statuesque young oh. lady. Yeah, she was a handful. Um, <laughs> I was working the station I was working at. They they hired her for three month yeah, gig, really, um, yeah. to do a show in middays. Jessica so Hahn.
2: Jessica Hahn. That's it. I thank couldn't think you. of what
3: you call somebody, but like Jim Parker. Baker's. I put
0: side piece and it <laughs> came up. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> it really did come up. So I couldn't wow. think of like Jim Baker's <laughs> cheater on her. With I don't know what do you Google side like? piece? What's the, what's the yes, cheater
3: lady. It worked.
2: Um, that's interesting. Wow, side piece.
3: piece. And they gave her a hotel, a limousine. So she had a driver to get her, and for three months, and she was full of herself. Well,
2: Jimmy (laughs) uh, Jimmy Walker, you know, who was a huge star in the seventies and and eighties, and by the nineties, you know, his career had waned, but he did a lot of stand up. He decided he was going to go like be a radio host for a year. So he, I think it was each he'd do like each month he'd go to a different station and do a month. So he was at K-Car, which was our sister station in the 90s. So I used to do, I met Jimmy, and I told him that I did this box office thing. He said, yeah, come on my show. We'll, you know, we'll do that. So I'm sitting in, in, waiting for him to go on the air one day, and, and the phone, the receptionist says, uh, Mr. Walker, um, People Magazine is on line One, they want a quote. Well, Isabel Sanford, who played his mother mm-hmm. in, was it? it was, yeah, Isabel Sanford, right? In Good Times, just passed away. So, you know, when someone dies, they want to get a quote from the co-star, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, Jimmy's like, hang on. So, he, he picks up the phone. He's like, hello. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, let me just say that Isabel Sanford was a beautiful person, uh, just an amazing soul, a wonderful actress, and I will certainly miss her. Okay. Thank you. Hangs up the phone, looks at me, and goes, she was a bitch. <laughs> I hated that woman. <laughs> and I'm just dying, man. <laughs> True story, oh, I kid you not. Oh, that's man. my Jimmy Walker story, man. That's worth it. Wow. <laughs> so, back to the call. Okay. Yeah. You <laughs> like how these radio people get off on tangents? <laughs> it's right. a fun little side road. It's a fun no. side road. Yeah. It's a side piece. You just ca- and it's a and side, side, side piece. piece. <laughs> side no, Jessica Hahn, <laughs> but he was a good-looking <laughs> guy. enough. Anyway, uh, so that's what happened. And the movie's All the- out this week? Movie comes out this week. Uh, we're doing a special. There's an invitation-only screening. Tomorrow night, there's going to be a special invitation-only screening. Um, and uh, we are so excited because the film is going to open at the Westwood Cinema 8 uh, and is going to play there exclusively in Omaha. Now, people were asking me when I mentioned the Westwood Cinema 8, which, you know, we used to call the Dollar House, right? Yep. It's, it's yeah, a, Dollar Theater. So they're like, it. what's going on? Is it going to play in the regular first-run theaters? And I'm like, well, yes, all around the country they've got something like 300-some what, what, theaters it's playing at, and they're, they're actually getting more that want to book it, Good. but they have to get more prints made up. To, because so many theaters want to play it, but here's what's happened in Omaha. Can't they just like right click copy? And- no, they're just, they just—they
1: are literally waiting for the call. They <laughs> just, <laughs> literally. And,
0: oh and that's, that's it. For
1: but you. here's the thing:
0: we're, we're not going to get out of here alive. So, that's
3: all right now. This is-
2: <laughs> we had a theater, the Alamo Draft House Cinema, was going to show the film, mm-hmm. but they have temporarily shut down for the next month and a half until November when the James Bond film comes out and the new Disney film. So AMC, Marcus, uh, and Regal are the only three chains here in town. Mm -hmm. And none of those people would agree to the terms. I mean, the the stupidity, and I'm just going to say it, man. I'm going to be blunt. The stupidity of some of these movie theaters, here they are in the middle of COVID. They have no product to play. Mm -hmm. Okay, they've got the film Tenet, and then they're showing Jurassic Park and Ghostbusters and the rest of the... They have no product, and yet none of them were willing to... These movie theaters just did, would not agree to the terms uh, of the film company, which is a shame because the theaters need product. And Mm -hmm. that's That's why and that's why it's such a beautiful time for the call to come out, because number one, it's now October. Yes. And uh, perfect season. Yeah. Perfect season. This is why so many people, so many theaters want to play this film. So I was so happy and I'm going to give a shout out to Patty at the Westwood, because not only are we going to show it there, but you get to see a first run film at reduced prices, which isn't a bad thing during COVID because a lot of people are hurting out there. It's
3: like a win win all the way around.
2: It's a win win all the way around. Mm -hmm. It's a great theater. Uh, we did a, a screening of Randy's film, The Job, there last year. Incredible. Sold the thing out. Um, and they're just wonderful people. So this will be at the Westwood Cinema and 125th and Center exclusively. Get your tickets, baby, because yeah. this is going to be a fun now, ride. I've
0: always wondered this, uh, people that that write movies, uh, sell a movie off, and then just the whole promotion side of it. Not talking specific dollars, just general generalities. You sell the script, and then... To whoever, and then now in this in this right here, when you're going to distribution, are if if it gets into only five theaters, are you going to make the same amount of money as if it gets into two hundred theaters? Yes. Okay, yeah. So that so that's you got a set fee and then you're done.
2: Right. Okay. Exactly. It, it, yeah. And and Randy is also uh, he's Randy's a producer on the film mm-hmm. as well as I, mm-hmm. and uh, and then Randy also has uh we 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 begged Randy. Uh, you know, he outgrew the character of Chris. Uh, not outgrew, but I say aged out. Maybe <coughs> not not outgrew, aged oh, let out let of the me character. Tell
1: this one. <laughs> there was some bright boy from the studio who said, "Why don't we just keep him in high school instead of jumping 15 years like we were going to do previously?" <laughs> My response: two things. <laughs> because one, I won't be in it. <laughs> That's the main one. <laughs> and two. I still think with the original script mm-hmm. they needed that time for those things to happen that originally happened yeah. which to me were better. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it's still it's good. It's yeah. good the way they they rewrote it because of how Len wanted it and I I'm happy with it. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I got to say Patrick's version was better. Really? Well, it's
2: you know and that's a, a, cool. That's interesting. That's coming yeah, that from Randy. Yeah. That is interesting. Mm-hmm. And the thing is mm-hmm. I mean uh, you mm-hmm. know it's still my version, but, you know, they make changes and in, in additions. You know, somebody said to me, like, are you upset if they, you know, they, they buy your script and then they make changes or do this? I said, no, I'm not, because, A, it's just like selling a house. If I sell my house to Jill... And she decides to tear down the wallpaper and put it mm-hmm. in a new roof. And, and and I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. What are you doing, man? That was my house. And you're like, yeah. not anymore. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. It's my house now. That's good analogy. And that's a good analogy. Yes, it if, is. If they make changes to your script, you, you, you know, I mean. Do they consult at all? Absolutely. Okay. Jeffrey Reddick was wonderful. Jeffrey Reddick, one of the producers, like Randy said, who wrote. The Final Destination, man, he was great because he would call me and we would do some, he'd say, you know, this paragraph you got here, I think maybe you should do this. Or he'd rewrite he'd re- a couple lines and say, what do you think of this? And I'd be like, hey, man, that's great. Or I'd say, well, I don't know about that, but what if we do this? So, you know, you might have a paragraph that you've written that maybe it has 10 sentences. So maybe now only six of those 10 sentences are yours. The right. other four sentences are Jeff's. Or you, I, there's, when, we, when Randy and I went out to Hollywood and saw the film uh, at a private screening um, a month ago, uh, I noticed there was my dialogue, uh, the scene that I had written with these kids and the dialogue, the, the, where they were at in my script is, is gone. It's been replaced by another, like a carnival scene. Hmm. So they rewrote... Uh, you know, where the kids were originally in the the school parking lot talking about what they're going to do. Now, my dialogue was there, but it's in a carnival scene. So they added this carnival scene, which at first I was kind of shaking my head going, well, is that going to work? Well, it worked. I mean, so you have to rely on the director, the producer. I mean, literally everybody. Some of the kids and Lynn and Tobin Bell, we have to mention Tobin Bell because he co-stars in this thing as her husband. And, uh, you know, sometimes they would just ad lib. Wow. And, and they'd ad-lib a line and because uh, that's what good actors do. That's good actors right. do ad-lib from time to time. And
0: do good, good directors, good producers take the ad-lib. Sometimes they don't let them ad-lib, right? If it's a better, better take than what was in the script, they're like, we're going to go with that? Depends on the director.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. it depends on the director and the actor because some actors uh, who are seasoned, like if you're the director of a project and you hire me, you hire me for a reason. Mm-hmm. and I'm going to do what I do. And if that means changing some of the lines, I'm going to change some of the lines because it feels good to me as the actor. If it doesn't feel good coming out, it ain't going to look good to you, the mm-hmm. viewer.
0: How are you good if you change the line, throw it out there, and like, you know what? I, I, it's good, but I, I'd like to keep it the original. Are you good? Are, do you b- give any pushback?
1: Um, it de- Again, it depends. it depends. on the director. It, it's kind of like... I've always been interested in that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, we we kind of had... Go ahead.
1: I did a show <laughs> called Links mm-hmm. uh, for Showtime. And Tim Reed, uh, he was the creator of the show. Uh, and I remember they gave me this, this prologue, and it had like eight F-bombs in it. And I'm not a cusser. Now, if it's necessary for the scene to move along, I'll do it. But it was just gratuitous. So I told Tim, I said, I'm not, I'm not saying all that, man. And he goes, well, you know, you always make great decisions, so I'll take it to the, to the, to the network. And he took it to Showtime. And they go, we really want it. And I said, I, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. So we went back and forth, back and forth. Finally, I said, you know what? This is what we'll do. I'll do it your way. I'll give you one take, and I will not sandbag it. I'll knock it out of the park. But you got to let me do it my way, too. And then you make a choice. So every time this has happened since then, they've always chosen my way. Because as the actor, I can make it better. Because if that's uncomfortable for me, it's just not going to be as good.
0: That's, that's awesome. That's very it interesting. A so and a good director...
1: Yeah. Yeah. They recognize that, mm-hmm. and that's why they get the actors that they get, because they know they're going to get a performance outside of the pages. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So well, we went to Randy, and, and, and so Randy, um, there is a character. He is in the film. There is a small part he agreed to do, um, playing the high school principal of the, of the kids. There are no small parts. <laughs> <laughs> Tell my wife that. Um, so, so he agreed to do that. He agreed to do that. Shut that down. Yeah. Okay. No come back to move on to the next topic on that one. So, um Anyway, uh so so I'm I'm and I'm glad. I mean, not only again is Randy a producer on the project, but I'm glad that he also is actually in the film, which we originally envisioned to begin with only just a different character, obviously. Um but Rodney Allen Rippey is not in the film. Unfortunately, he was not available okay. uh, to do the part.
1: <laughs> well, that, was the, that was the story I was going to tell real quick. But the funny thing is, all those years ago, he wrote that role, and he wanted that character, Chris, to be a black guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, the only black guy in the movie is only in there for one scene now. <laughs> <laughs> so we went right back, right back. to shooting. <laughs> it's, it's set in the, it, this is set in the mid-'80s, <laughs> yeah. and It's real. Yeah. <laughs>
3: It's true to form. It's a period beast. Yeah. It's a period beast.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Although I will say, I mean, Rand, the way Randy have him, they they obviously dressed him up like a principal would look in the 80s. He really looks a lot like Steve Urkel when you see the oh my the character. O- only only better <laughs> looking. He's better looking than Steve Urkel. I don't got a Steve Urkel. Uh, nice so another long. 80s reference. That's oh great. But <laughs> see, that's another thing. Beginning uh, back to the Westwood Cinema. The film takes place in 1987 now. When I first wrote it it was present day. And uh, or actually, when I first wrote it, it took place in 1990. And then, as Randy said, when they make this agreement, it's supposed to cut to 10 years later. And then you have different set of actors playing the kids. Right. Mm -hmm. And, And during that 10 years, all these things happen in these kids lives. That sort of comes back to haunt them. So, so the, the yeah, flash forward
0: the fifteen years is that's nineteen eighty seven or the the beginning part. There is now it's no, all nineteen eighty seven. Okay, so, which it makes more sense because if you went for eighty seven and then you flash forward fifteen years, like it's more dramatic to have a phone with a cord and a landline. I'm assuming, yeah, instead of just having somebody take their phone out
2: and do, 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 well, there you know the exactly, screen. and and yeah, and that would not be cool. Yeah, in my so and when when so when, you, when, just when, slight, you know when Timothy right first DM. said to me when the director said, okay, we need to take out any reference to cell phones, Mm -hmm. anything current, I had to go back and change all that, get rid of any reference to that. So now these kids in 1987 make the deal to make the call. They do it right away that night. Mm -hmm. So there's no flashing forward. which again, like Randy said, the original version that I wrote uh, that those scenes ten years later I thought really worked well. However, you also but it, it works now. I mean, it's a it, Timothy did a great job on the film. Yeah, yeah, he Timothy's really good. did. Timothy Woodward Jr. The guy is flipping amazing. What he was able to do with this thing, but again, uh, either way, I think it would have worked. But yeah. you also have to mm-hmm. you also have to realize too, budget comes into concern because when I first wrote. <laughs> The earlier drafts, there were a lot more special effects. There were a lot more things that happened, and it was very, it was kind of pricey. Mm -hmm. And so you also have to take in the film's budget into consideration. So, you know, we had this great scene uh, with this boulder where the kids throw this really our favorite scene where the kids are trying to get at Cranston as she's driving by, and they're on this bridge with this boulder, and they throw the boulder, this big rock off, and it hits the car, and the car cranes off, and it explodes. So it was a great scene. Wow. However. Wow. the scene was cut because mainly because it was going to be way too expensive to shoot they'd have to get permits you know to shoot on a highway yeah, you know, which is in los angeles is not cheap so i mean <laughs> th- there are certain things that have to go uh because of budget but the thing is you never want the product to suffer because of budget right, you know? right and right. so what timothy's been able to do within the budget of the film is just amazing and so we're like I said, Randy and I both got a chance to go out and see it. My son, Chris, and my daughter, Kathleen, went out with yeah, me. Yeah, I
3: remember that. That's right. Yeah, yeah,
2: and they got to see it. And so, uh, yeah, it's exciting That's cool. stuff.
3: That's great. So you guys have worked on how many projects together?
2: Ooh, uh, one. Yeah, just this
1: one. <laughs> <way>. Although, <laughs> it feels like 100.
3: I thought, I thought there was... <laughs> you were know, like
1: you setting up uh, for like 12? Uh, yeah, right? No. We've, uh, we've, we've, we have kind of started collaborating on other projects, but this is the first one that is. Okay. Is so
3: that, that's kind of where I was going to, because I was wondering what's next. Now, well, now
2: that you've, now that you've seen the past. First of all, he's <laughs> Randy is wrong. We have collaborated on another project. His film, the job. Ah <laughs> yes. Duh. I, I played.
3: I was counting the job and I thought maybe I remember wrong. Yes. I, I, no, my no, member, I, I'm like, wait a minute.
2: I play, <laughs> I play the ring announcer in the film, the job, just my voice. And uh, so that is my acting <laughs> credit on IMDB, is, is ring announcer Yay. for the job. And uh, so, yes, so in a sense, we've collaborated. Twice now. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. And uh, hopefully there are a lot more collaborations to come. And um, you know, are so you that, writing
3: anything new now? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh
2: yeah. I've written another film. Actually, I've already, I've written another film now that's optioned by a company in Greece, of all places. No, we're we're looking forward to actually a couple of things to collaborate on. And and uh, and you know, Randy, I got to tell you, so Randy's hit show girlfriends you got to talk about girlfriends it just hit netflix oh yeah and uh this was a funny funny show that he was in wait what you talk about it
1: girlfriends uh was a show uh that was executive produced by kelsey Grammer uh back in 2000 and it ran for seven seasons but it was a very popular show so it has been in syndication since then uh with everything that's going on in the country Netflix decided to pick up all of these uh, these shows with a heavy black cast, and "Girlfriends" is one of them. And as soon as it as they <laughs> as they released it uh, two weeks ago, I think it was, mm-hmm. it became. One of the top five in the world. Wow, Just that's great! Boom, 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 and 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 it's a great show. Uh, Diana Ross's daughter, Tracy Ellis Ross, uh, like was the lead of it, and there's there, it's her three funny. friends on there. She's
3: so I like her so much. It's so weird because when I first realized who she was. Mm-hmm the tv what was the tv show she was i can't remember the name of she's
2: it she's in a show now isn't she that yeah she's, she's on blackish now blackish, black-ish. Yeah, yeah. that's it yeah.
3: because then they had the spinoff with one of the girls yes right they uh, went off to college Grownish, grownish, or something like yeah. that mm-hmm. grown upish or whatever um but anyway when i finally when i made that connection it was early on and i was just like wait yeah. what How?
1: yeah <laughs> no way yeah.
2: like no way that is sadly though jill my script whitish has not sold <laughs> and I, it's just gone nowhere <laughs>
0: It's weird. It's, it's how actually,
2: that- it's, well, actually, Kid Rock is interested in it. Yeah. <laughs> and Chuck Norris. they're both. No- Nor- I'd watch that movie. Chuck- I would. We should write a script called whitish for Chuck Norris, where he goes, where he goes to a small town, primarily that's African-American and just starts kicking ass. Oh, that's, that, that's called Billy Jack. Done. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Been done. Kind of the same. Yeah. Been there, Been done done that. Done. Okay. So yeah, I, I, we're excited. We want everybody to go check out the call. It's uh, again, it's opening. It's the Westwood cinema. Um, and I, I am going to say, though, for the, for the opening week, and Randy and I are going to be there um, on Friday night as well for one of the screenings. And, and because this film is so scary, I mean, people that have fainted watching this film. And uh, it was so scary, it's not rated. <laughs> there's no rating. So what we are doing is, just as, as a public service, we are going to ensure the audience this weekend of death by fright. If you go to this movie and okay. die of fright, we will pay for your funeral up to $5,000. Wow. Yeah, you That's will if oh, yeah, you die of fright. Okay. Oh yeah, so God. you when you go the Thursday night to the private screening and opening night on Friday, you have to sign a certificate. <laughs> you have to sign it. Don't laugh. This is serious. You have to, by fright. <laughs> you, sure. have to you have to notify who your next of kin that okay. will be. So if Jill oh, drops dead God. of fright, it's going to be her uh, next of kin that gets the money for her wow. funeral. Definitely. So they can either bury you with that money or just throw you in a can and spend right. the money. <laughs> exactly. yeah, just no. like
1: COVID, um, <laughs> <laughs> <they> w- <laughs> well, this, this is serious. I'm being serious. <laughs> Sounds like it. I can
3: tell.
1: <laughs> just like COVID, when you walk in, if you have pre existing conditions, there's going to be an ambulance there. There's going to be nurses that are going to oh, be taking, nice. okay, taking your blood pressure, blood pressure to make sure true. you're okay so you can't say, hey, uh, this person died of death by COVID. Yes. Got, right, right. That's right. That's, that's right. Gotta that it's got to be it's fright. It's got to be fright. It's got to be
0: They don't say that.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you could die with fright? And actually... <laughs>
2: that, actually, I... Die with fright. The <laughs> reason... Yes. Well, my wife on her honeymoon almost died of fright. Oh, that's <laughs> another story. Back to the little parts. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's,
3: oh, God.
2: Maybe there are small um,
3: parts. Maybe we need to... Reassess that. (laughs) Ah, Anyway,
2: no, the whole Death by Fright thing actually is true. But that was stolen. So uh, real quick, before I I got to do a shout out to the director named William Castle. Because William Castle was a famous director in the 50s and 60s and early 70s, did a lot of horror films. He never had a lot of money to promote his films, but he did these gimmicks. And one of the gimmicks he did for his very first horror film is he literally ensured the entire world who went and saw his movie of Death by Fright. He literally did this. Went to Lloyd's of London, got a got a got a certificate. Wow! And uh, you can, if you Google William Castle Death by Fright, you can read the whole story. And I had to use, I had to steal that because it's freaking wonderful. That's a great idea. Yeah, it's great. Uh, And and the Lloyd's of London people actually argued with him to say, "Well, Mister Castle, how many people do you think will die of fright?" He's like, "No one. You can't die of fright. I just need (laughs) just just give me (laughs) a pound." But they (laughs) he they had to say, "Well, Mister Castle, we can't write a policy until you uh, tell us how many people will die of fright." He finally had. To say three, three people <laughs> seriously, three people will die of fright. And you know, insurance people, he said in his autobiography, no sense of humor whatsoever, no none zero. None. But we're going to insure you
1: against death by fright, Jill.
3: Fantastic, that thank you. Awesome. I appreciate that.
1: Yeah. that. That's got me thinking. You you stole that from William Castle. Uh-huh. You stole the whole phone thing. Did you even write this? No. <laughs> no I actually copy and pasted it from an there
3: there we go yeah. chat room
2: the, <laughs> the chat room in
3: 97 the, <laughs>
2: truth be told okay truth be told the original script was called High School Musical and I just <laughs> um, I just changed a few scenes and took, added an old lady yeah, yeah that's it wow yeah. so similar yeah. so, so similar yeah. you guys thank you so much yeah thanks for coming in thank you guys thank you very and if somebody wants to go online and see more about the movie see the trailer you can go to thecallmovie.com okay uh, thecallmovie.com com has the trailer on there. A little synopsis about what's going on, and uh, and you can check it out. And by all means, come out and see it. Uh, come out and see it this weekend at the Westwood Cinema. It's going to be fun. Perfect. Thanks, guys. Thank
0: you. Thank you, guys. Pat and JT.
3: Pat and JT podcast. A Huda Media production.